This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. He didn't have a negative bone in his body, like at all. Energetic, outgoing, funny, goofy, always had a smile on his face. Like he, like, he could have gave him the name Cheeseburger. My son, I know everybody say they, mother say they had a good son, everybody's son is good. But my son, he actually was a good boy. My son loved me to death. And I know that was a bad word, but that was, that's how he felt. Yes, ma'am. He had my name tattooed on his arm. And that made me proud because most kids don't put their mom's name. <laughs> but he did. On a Saturday, my son would wake up. He'd go to Shelby Farms because he liked to skateboard. That was his passion. He's been skating since he was six years old. That day when he left around three o'clock, going to Shelby Farms to watch the sunset and take pictures. I want Tyree to be remembered. It's a, it's a great kid. I want kids and other people to know, ain't nothing wrong with being yourself. Tyree brought something out of me to make me feel like, hey, you don't have to do that. You don't have to follow a trend to be loved. You can be yourself. You can skateboard, you can ice hockey. You can do whatever that you want to do. And people will still love you. All I know is my son was a great, great kid. He didn't deserve what he got. Now what he deserves is justice. Just that. Um, good everything. Nubians and Dr. Carr, hello, love you. Good morning, good, good everything, and everyone else. Um, justice. Uh, I want to start with saying Tyree Nichols. I want to say his name uh, because he's now an ancestor. Uh, and we know how powerful that is. Um, I wanted to start with that video, not the one that um, is driving people to the streets not the one that I forced myself to watch, um, but the one that made this man human. Like our ancestors weren't slaves. They Something happened to them. They were enslaved. They were human beings with, with dreams and desires and hopes that they had to stuff down. And this young man uh, is no longer here. Uh, the social structure uh, will have this conversation that they're confused about right now because, uh, you know, the five officers were black. So, so uh, okay, I guess we get to check out of this conversation because it's not <clears throat> It's not racism, Dr. Carr, but it absolutely is because it's a system. And we have spent too much time talking about black and white and not about the system that uh, oppresses and, and destroys life. Uh, the system of brutality that is the policing, the paddy rollers founded and formed with the expressed um, edict to go get black bodies and brutalize black bodies. This is this is the system. And and we are ill-equipped because unfortunately we have all over the country people who don't want ed education, <laughs> don't, don't want us to talk about, don't want us to read books. Nope. You know, we have from Florida to, to Texas to Arkansas where, you know, uh, that governor wants to install, you know, Christian values and the people in Arkansas actually voted for her over an actual person that followed Christ <laughs> and, and Dr. Chris Jones. So I just, 
things are upside down and I, I'm, I, I need us to turn off because, you know, how long ago was it Rodney King where so many so-called experts made, made their careers talking about, you know, the, the inhumanity of the police. And now they don't, they, they've spent so much time with the black and white of things that they, uh, they're going to bring out folk. Um, anyway, uh, it's, no, it's not, no, that not, not, not anyway, not anyway. Let's take our time. Okay. First of all, thank you for watching it. I know you didn't want to, but unlike many of us, you have a responsibility on your shoulders because we listen for your voice and we know that you're an honest broker. And so many across the globe, six, seven days a week at this point, are listening. So so thank you for doing that. It's a difficult thing. Um. I didn't want to watch it. Did you watch? I was going to ask you. Yeah, I watched because my logic was simple. If it were me, I'd be watching it firsthand. So mm -hmm. the idea of not watching it, it's like, what am I doing when that could be Karen Hunter or Greg Carr or anybody in this now over, what are we looking at now? Whew, thousand and a half and joining still. And for the thousands who are here over the arc of the week, uh, who are in this space, it could be any of us. So the idea that I would turn away because, I mean, if I were there, would I turn away? You know, unlike the young sister who recorded the execution of George Floyd, what happens when we don't watch? And it is very painful to watch. It is indeterminately more painful to have experienced it. So the least I can do is bear witness. Bear witness. This is this, this is classic. I mean, everybody has done that. Our, our our grandmothers did that. Our great great grandfathers did that. James Baldwin, of course, just catching a glimpse of that in in a few words in this garbage can language we call the English language talks about bearing witness. We have to bear witness because, as you say, and you are communicating with us with those words across your chest. I am my ancestors. Every ancestor that has ever lived is in our blood. So we can't turn away. That man was killed in the street. In the same street that we talked about the first year we were all together. In that first 10 uh, sessions, we talked about Robert Church in Memphis. And Ida Bell Wells coming from Holly Springs, Mississippi to teach school. 25 years old. So infuriated when her friend who owned the people's grocer was lynched and executed. And she said, we got to get the hell out of Memphis. They're from Nashville right down the street from Memphis. I went to school with so many people from Memphis. You heard his mama say he going out there to Shelby Department. That's Shelby County. That's West Tennessee. And y'all know Bolivar, uh, Jackson, where Lane College is, Bishop Isaac Lane, Lemoyne Owen in Memphis, where Marion S. Berry went to school after his mom and them moved them out of Mississippi, just across the Mississippi River. And yeah, it was black men. But guess what? It's black men in Nigeria with the killing goals. Come on, y'all. We got a global classroom here. We have a responsibility here. It is black men in South Africa. A couple of summers ago, when we were out in the street in the, in the United States, they were in Durban, the police. It's the young people in the streets and all throughout West Africa. It's the young people in the streets and the elders and everyone else all over the globe. It's often black people. We don't get caught up as a figment of white people's imagination or Negroes who somehow think the color of your skin is coterminous with your political philosophy. 
we're like Steve Biko. Blackness is a consciousness. It's, 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 a, it's a philosophy. And for those of you who don't think so, that's just fine. Let's stay in here because we're going to have a governance conversation today, Professor Hunter. But I don't want to get too far into that. I mean, so I just wanted to thank you. What's the word, as we might say, borrowing from Kiswahili? Habari Ghani, what, what's the word that you've been hearing as people have reached out to you and, and heard your voice and wanted to share in the conversation? Well, um, yesterday, Friday, uh, I had Dante Nero on, who's a Nubian. He's in, in, yes. in the chat. And he said he was in a uh, group chat because he's a Q, you know, Mega Sci-Fi. My father was till the day he died. Um, Shout out to Carter G. Woodson, founder yeah. of Negro History Month, who was an honorary Omega and then put them boys to work in during Negro History Week 1926. Right. No question. <laughs> and, and there was a discussion because three of the five brutal uh, brutalizers were Omega men. Unsurprising. Which... You know, surprising. and so there was a conversation about, you know, well, you know, they have families. And I thought about it as Dante was like, no, 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 we, we are not covering for them. We are not going to shield them. We are not raising money for them. We're not doing it. They are the brutalizers. We will treat them the way we treated Derek Chauvin. And I feel like, you know, in that moment, I understood the tribalism of, you know, like, we, we, we talk a lot about race, but it's really our tribe. There was a knee-jerk reaction to want to protect those brothers because they were brothers in a fraternity that then represents them, right? So then there, there's there a- There was a knee-jerk reaction within the fraternity. That's what Dante was saying. Dante was like, yeah, in the chat, like, let's let's raise money for, because they, you know, they, they have family members and they don't deserve- and I was like, hmm, is that why Darren Wilson was able to raise a million dollars or Kyle Rittenhouse because there was a- an automatic knee-jerk tribalism, and that's what they do. But is that what we do? And and I get it, you know. Um, there's you know, this family, it's family, you know, but they brutalize. Did y'all watch that video? Did you see the lack of the, the, the lack of humanity, the depravity in which they took this brother's life and then didn't even provide help for him? The EMT, everyone stood by and watched him die, basically. And is that who we are? And I and I hear you going around the globe. Yeah. So yeah. so it's not color, right? And everybody on TV talking about color, they 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 don't understand what is happening here. And it and it's frustrating to watch because we've been distracted by race. And and there's so much commodity around race, you know, so many books. To teach you how to not be a racist, and and so many so, so many political careers launched on the ability to you know erase race and so and much, to, so right. much money to be made. Oh my so goodness! Much. Yeah, it's an industry unto itself, but we're missing the humanity. We're missing the very thing that we need to be talking about on a regular basis and challenging people to to really. Are, are you a human? Do you value life? You know, all life. Are you really a Christian? Are you really a Muslim? Are you really a Buddhist? You know, do you follow the actual teachings of the things that you say you pray to seven times a day or go kneel and genuflect and all? Do you really care about people or do you only care about the people that you like and the people who look mm. like you, the that, that, that you feel a kinship to? Mm. Wild. You know, we, we saw mass shootings. Asian man killed a bunch of Asian people. Yeah, absolutely. What was that about? Well, it wasn't, Absolutely. was it anti-Asian? Yes. <laughs> but the person that did it was Asian. Okay. Y'all don't understand. It's not, it's not black and white, which is why I think uh, 
we're so used to having these microwave conversations, these these very superficial drive-by conversations that we can't even, I don't even know if people, I think we probably atrophied and it's withered on the vine, this ability to actually think deeply about what's happening to yourself and to this world. I agree. Of course. I mean, we, we're living, we're living in, a, in a world system that is absolutely uh, coming apart because that's what world systems do. We, we, we've never lived in a world system to our knowledge. Um, we've never lived in a global system that was human driven, what they call the, uh, I guess, the Anthropocene, the, the, the age of humanity. We've been here, but the systems we've lived in have uh, have been systems that beyond our control. So we breathe, the plants breathe, everything turns in cycle. But now we've overflowed the boundaries of natural order. Or perhaps we've, no, that's not true. I think the ancient Egyptians with their concept of ma'at really doesn't, can't be reduced to seven or eight principles or 500 principles. It really is almost the, the attempt to capture a sense of order, much bigger than the word order. But I started to say we've overflowed the boundaries of nature, but that's not true. We are always in nature. And so humanity has set into motion some activity that will likely culminate in the end of the human species. Mm. So Al Gore, was it last week? Al Gore, you know, certainly I imagine seeing the end of his physical time on top of the earth approaching has gotten more and more just, you know, if he if he had a chain on when he was in elected office, it's been gone so long and ain't no chain marks around his neck. He off the chain. Al Gore's like, we're gonna die. Okay. So all this little incremental policy making, but that having been said, the violence that we inflict on each other as a species. And I will own the violence of Western civilization, so to speak. Why? Because every human on the ball is connected. We came out of Africa. Perhaps when it's all and we're all cycled over into the ancestral realm, we'll have a conversation with ourselves and say, that was a bad idea to walk up in there and get trapped between them uh, glacial periods. We should never have walked up there in the first place because the cultures of scarcity, the cultures of suspicion, these are not human, these are not necessarily human values. Values are cultural. Some of it's environmental, some of it's circumstantial, but it all culminates in a moment when the devaluation of life is a serious issue. And you're right, Prof. You know, this is beyond race. It, and race frames it at the same time. Black on black death, you know, whether it be the killing goes in Nigeria, fighting on behalf of Shell Oil and the Nigerian government. The, the, the grifters who were running the Nigerian government in collusion. So Ken Sarawiwa and the Ogoni People's Movement. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. They sent the killing goals in there, slaughtered black people, black women and men. Uh, you, you, pick, you look all over the continent of Africa from the small to the large. Rwanda. You know? Oh, absolutely. Rwanda and Burundi. Fomented absolutely by the Europeans, the Belgians. Fomented absolutely by the Europeans. But as Chuck D said in the shooting of Huey Newton and Welcome to the Terradome, the hand of an N-word pulled the trigger when Huey Newton was slain in the streets of Oakland. So Rwanda, Malcolm, Malcolm X, Malcolm X gunned down with the damn police in the room. 
the damn black police informant. See, what we're also looking at is the hard cap limits of diversity, equity, and inclusion. With all due respect to my friends who've made quite a lot of money trying to tell people that diversity, equity, and inclusion is the way. But if diversity, equity, and inclusion is really about murder, you know, I spent this week wondering what Martin Luther King might have to say about Howard University getting $90 million from the damn military for a, 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 quant, a contract for research and development. An HBCU-led university-affiliated research center consortium to exercise research focused on tactical autonomy in the military. Meaning what? We're going to make sure that we know who to bomb before we send people in because we're trying to protect American lives. Well, then you're going to take the lives of people all over, including through AFRICOM, Africans, people who look like you. You joined the Air Force, ROTC, so you could pay for school. And the next thing you know, they got you developing technology to be able to better identify who to kill. And you take that as some kind of damn progress, diversity and equity and inclusion uh, in many ways means come and join us in our criminal enterprise. So these brothers who have families who will not be named today because we will be generous to the families who had nothing to do with this, you have brought deep dishonor to your families. And as a member of a fraternity who doesn't who enjoys George Clinton as much as anybody else, I suspect, since they uh, many of them were cues. Baba George, we're going to need a statement from you, brother. So uh, the next time they play Atomic Dog, maybe you should have something to say about that. And that's not a dig at the cues. That's not a dig at fraternities and sororities. It's a, rec it's a recognition that our internal conversations, our governance conversations, which is what we're going to do today for a few minutes today, we devote this time and thank you, Prof, for shifting the conversation. We have to have this conversation. You know, our conversation is a little different than white people. And in that respect, it is a race thing. It's a governance thing. There's a different kind of conversation. So I'm glad to hear our brother Dante, you know, understanding that we all don't think alike. But ultimately, we must all be committed to not only our common humanity, but to life. And we can't be afraid. Just well, that's not true. When we are afraid, we must remember that we can find the antidote to fear in community. Mm. So, you know, so I mean, I just wanted to mention that. So the the last um, words that were spoken on that video, and I wanted to center his life. Um, yes, I wanted to center his smile and the joy of the skateboard and the family and the mother and the relatives that loved him because he was a human being and not center on that horrific uh, ending of his life by uh, folk that just... By blue men. Blue men who, who value a uniform, uniform and a badge and a gun. Uh, no powerless people who need uh, five people to brutalize somebody who was slight, slightly built because uh, he ran from you? Oh, absolutely. Angry. And, and 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 as the charges unrolled, state and federal charges, wasn't there a white man? I saw a white cop giving water to one of the guys to wash the water out of his head. It's some white people involved, but it don't matter. They all blue. You chose that diversity, equity, and inclusion. And and, and shout out to the sister CJ, is it uh, Sarah Davis, the Memphis police chief, who immediately oh. said, I'm a mother. And by the way, she's a Delta. Just, just you know, not that it matters, but I'm just saying, oh. you know, we have organizations, she said, I'm a mother. This is immediate. This is unacceptable. And also shout out to Steve Mulroy, who is the DA 
in Shelby County. Steve Mulroy just won election. He defeated uh, Amy Weinrich, who had been the DA in Memphis for a decade, a right-wing white nationalist, and he ran on a progressive prosecutor platform. Now, come on back, Prof. I just wanted to mention that to, to raise those names as well, because community means something and it transcends the color of your skin. That man ran as a DA in Shelby County saying, I'm going to be a kind of prosecutor that will get rid of some of this mess. We can't reform the system. It must be renegotiated, restructured. However, that doesn't mean we abandon every effort. Oh, y'all, we shouldn't vote people. Understand that them people is charged right now immediately because that black woman who came who spent years in Atlanta, in fact, she got in some a controversy in Atlanta, class-based controversy about some things happening in the Atlanta Police Department. But she, she stood up at that microphone and the DA, that's a white, black woman and a white man. It's a lot more complicated, you know, than these people on news, entertainment, and media, mass media can make it. And they can't do it because they live in a white national settler colony and they are so damn committed to it that they can't see beyond it. But that's why we have this space. Thank you, Professor. Uh, for no, I mean, thank, thank God. Uh, this space only exists because people decided to join and we damn near no had to, I had to uh, open an overflow room uh, where the chat is a little slower because we are. Today? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, I'm looking on the app. We're only 20 minutes in. There's a couple yeah. thousand people here. <laughs> Come on in, y'all. This is this is yeah. what we do. Yeah. Um. You know, I I want to sit with this question of justice because you know uh, we all watched Rodney King get the brakes beat off of him. Uh, in sure a time where it was like camcorders and VHS and grainy. This was very clear with audio and everything from different angles, and we're still having the same conversation, except the difference this time. It's not five white police officers, five black police officers. So I suspect the uh, police union will not be uh, coming to the rescue of these officers the way they did those officers. They will not be moving the venue because they don't have to, right? The way they did for the Rodney King brutalizers uh, who got acquitted. This is the same conversation though, right? That never gets resolved because that is not the, the focus of the uh, corporate media. Their focus is algorithms, clicks, and advertising dollars. So Absolutely. we're gonna keep tuning in. They're gonna be out there in them streets. They're gonna wait for the riots, and they're, they're gonna bring out Don Lemon, and it's gonna be tears and and a lot of interviews. And it's and it's <laughs> it's performative. It's performative. Woo! But hey, I'm gonna tell you, Don Lemon got black as hell because I was standing there outside of City Hall in the wake of Freddie Gray's funeral that day. We had a meeting of uh, the Institute of the Black World 21st Century. We were out there in the middle of the night and Don Lemon standing there with the CNN truck and all them black people was out there in the street and others with black people. Shit, I, I am, to the, to the day I make transition, I'll be convinced that Don Lemon got a whole lot of blackness because black people were standing around like, say it, say it. <laughs> so I, I ain't tell you what I saw that with my own in Baltimore the night of the Freddie Gray. So I'm saying some of that Don Lemon blackness came because he realized shit which side are you on <laughs> anyway so just... yes so uh his family member asked that we, we just want justice for Tyree we want justice mm. for Tyree and and as as they said that I was like what does justice look like in this country because is mm. it is it prosecute they're going to be they're going to jail we we know that just well, by the way it's being handled let's wait me well what Let's wait, because remember, and this is what blows my mind, Professor Hunter. I don't say blows my mind, it doesn't blow my mind, because we understand. Because as you said, mass commercial news entertainment media is about clicks. So it doesn't really matter what the story is. They're going to tell the story in a way as if we don't know the spine of the story. Rodney King took that ass whooping March 3rd, 1991. The white boy who filmed it 
George Holiday, who, by the way, just passed away in 2021 of complications from COVID, if you can believe it, who had was maybe a year removed from putting the camcorder he used at Sony 8, Video 8 cam, handy cam. Uh, Holiday put it up for auction, starting bid $225,000 in 2020, sold it for undisclosed amount. But he was on, remember, he was in his apartment across the street. He grabbed his new toy and filmed it. That was March 1991. And remember, we tore up the street in LA, burned up the swap meet. They ran through the mall of uh, uh, America in Minneapolis, underground Atlanta in night. Wait, was that, Prof, come on back. Was that 1991? I will look it up. No, 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 no. No, I know no, it was no, 1991 when he got beat. Yes. Yeah, but, 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 understand, uh, was that when we expressed our rage in the street? No, when the rage came at the, at the verdict. And now we go to why mass commercial media is. And in between there, Natasha Hart, Hart, uh, Natasha Harlan got killed, and, and, yeah, and the white girl crazy. judge let the lady go after the jury had convicted her, and she said, "Oh, I, I don't know," and she put the white woman on it. So if you don't want to embrace this, the white woman judge let the lady go. But this is my point: y'all boarding up windows too early. Oh, y'all don't remember? Y'all trying to string this out like we don't know the narrative. The thing happens with the acquittal. It don't happen at the moment you get beat. Why are y'all boarding up windows? Same thing with George Floyd. We're waiting on the trial now, and you got to understand, you have talked many times with Keith Ellison. They tried to crucify Keith Ellison because the first thing these white, now, yeah, the cop union not going to come out for them because you are black. You see the limits of diversity, equity, and inclusion. They're going to sacrifice you, but the lawyers for these cops will twist and turn and shout in the master narrative any kind of way. So what do we got to deal with? You've got the execution. We've seen that. They're caught red-handed. It was Holiday, George Holiday, who had the camera in 91. This time, yeah, the body cams, but remember they turned the body cams. What caught them was the CCTV. See, and that ironically is a function of over-policing in the black community. You had a camera up there because you watching all of us all the damn time and it caught your patter rollers dead handy. Because they had their cameras fixed so you couldn't really see what they was doing. But the joint on the pole caught you. Okay, that's the next thing key piece of evidence right evidence is key and, and by the way evidence is very right. valuable y'all i forgot uh dr carl has a law degree i just wanted to just come no, in no, i'm, I'm just saying you know but also prof capitalism is in this it's always in this how holiday gonna sell the damn camera which didn't work by the way when he sold it starting the auction bid in an auction house at two hundred twenty-five thousand dollars, and then sold it for undisclosed amount for all we know, it's a Donald Trump house or uh, Jeff Bezos' house mm. or some, some billionaire gave him two million and it still didn't save him because complications of COVID took his life about a year, year and a half ago. But the key evidence is a CCTV. That's public or at least pri through a private hand, but it's public, closed circuit television, right? And uh, like you said, when Rodney King went down, everybody didn't have a, a cell phone. Everybody didn't have recording. But who almost 30 years removed from another very valuable film, the state of this person got $19 million of your tax dollars. Do you remember, Professor Hunter, a little movie, home movie shot on the grassy knoll in Dallas in November 1963 called the Abraham Zagruder film? Yes. Zagruder, just Kennedy. 
playing. What the? Fuck? Oh, that's in the National Archives now. But the feds paid his estate in 1999, $19 million because he still had the rights. See, there's a profit industry in black oh. death as well. Oh. Oh. So the civil suit, y'all better bankrupt these five. Oh, I'm sorry. The five cops that were in it and the other cops, including that white dude who was like, here's some water. You all right? <sighs> now, when they go to jail, hopefully they'll get into a, uh, an exercise regimen. But at any rate, <laughs> what you see, I mean, this is the classic out of shape cop. Mad because you can't. This, this young boy right here is in top shape. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We watching him on the skateboard. He ran, and the man feared for his life. You don't think everybody, like I said, I'm from Nashville. Memphis is in West Tennessee. That's Everybody knowing Memphis about black death. Black on black death. Y'all know that. These kids last year, when these hip hop artists was killing each other, one of them in Memphis. And then people making memes out of the one guy that comes to the funeral. Oh, my God. This is black on black death. This is the pathology. We're going to get into that in a minute. We're going to take it all through. But I don't want to go too far from this because you mentioned you, you talk about they're going to jail. Well, you got the execution. You got them caught red handed. You got the evidence. Then you got social structure versus governance structure. We have to use an Africana studies framework to deal with this. The social structure trying to put it into a race conversation period, but they see race as phenotype. Well, they're black, so it's not the uh, uh, the talking heads immediately trying to shape the narrative. Oh, it's black, so so the, the death isn't racial. It's it's about other things. Uh, the death is racial. Oh, by the way, we'll get to that when we talk about, I'm going to use the African stage lens to go through this a little bit today. Because the plan today was to use Saturday, this Saturday as the kind of lead-in to the Saturdays in February where we talk about uh, Black History Month. And we're going to talk about that because the advanced placement course, and we mentioned that, you mentioned earlier in terms of Florida. We'll talk about that next week. They're unveiling the AP, the college board. So again, shout out to uh, uh, Brandy Waters, Steve Baumgarten, a bunch of, this is a Black-led team at the college board who pulled all of us together, who worked on that course. And shout out to the five dozen teachers, almost all of whom were African women and men here in the United States who taught that class all over the country. Mario Beatty and I were part of the group that met with them when they were in D.C. for their first teacher uh, gathering um, back last summer, and they spent the fall teaching. It's a beautiful thing. I'm going to see them all. They're coming to town for the unveiling of the curriculum, which will be on February the 1st. So next week, I had a report. We're going to talk more about that. But that's aside today, because we're going to deal with this, and we have to, to deal with it. So the talking heads say, well, this isn't about race. Uh, no, it's about race. As Charles Blow wrote in the New York Times, uh, it's in on, on today's website. It's not in the print edition, but it's on the website. Charles Blow said, you know, when you internalize racism, the color of your skin becomes secondary. I'm paraphrasing. But yeah, absolutely. When you internalize it. So Brother Acho, Sam Acho, or, you know, Emmanuel Acho, not Sam Acho. I know Sam Acho. He, he actually came to class. He came to my class. He's in D.C., played for Chicago Bears. Uh, Emmanuel Acho, you know, I ain't mad at you, brother. He says, I'm Nigerian, so I don't have the trauma. Brother, you don't remember the Brothers' War? You don't remember Biafra? Everybody died in that war was black-on-black -black killing. He was born in Texas. Of course, but his people Nigerian, and he's going to claim that. But you're absolutely right. He was born in Texas, and you y'all know, those of you who are down in Texas, you know, ask I and Kenanelli, ask their children who are first-generation Africans born in 
the United States who came from Nigeria. Ask their children. You know, they're also Nigerians. And of course, in Houston, between Houston and Dallas and Fort Worth, now you got a huge Nigerian-American population. So he want to be a little shift, sh shape shifter. I'm going to use him just for a footnote here. I mean, because these, these fights are serious fights, brother. So whether it be the killing goes of where you from or the Biafra War, a generation before that, you had the killing goals, Nigerian government and private uh, mercenaries out there killing black people because they are protesting because you're destroying their land. Ken Sarariwa and the uh, Ogoni People's Movement and Shell or Shell Company paying these killing goals through the Nigerian government. But even small things. I mean, if you're going to uh, go on any of the news reports out of Africa, you can read all the newspapers in Ghana. These young people are pushing back against the police. The police took a, mo a motorcycle and locked it up the other day in Akatsi. The Akatsi police wouldn't give it back. So the young people said, we're going to fight the damn police. Somebody got shot. Gang rapes. Black women were getting raped in South Africa. These miners were coming in. It's too complicated. Some of them immigrated from other places, Zimbabwe and maybe other places. So the people fought back and said, y'all going to punish these guys? The police arrested them. But the black people said, now we want these Negroes. And so they fighting the police. They got killed. In Durban, July 2021, the police in South Africa fighting. The, this is all black on black. And I'm saying, so in the United States, we think black white means demographic. No, no, it's internalized white supremacy and it's global. Yes. Uh, I only popped in because uh, Van Lathan uh, told uh, Emmanuel Acho that he was being an emotional butler to white people. And I think about, um, and I, I wrote it down because I'm like, I will definitely be using that over and over again. Emotional butler. You are, you, you give them coverage. You uh, get the book deals. He has a New York Times bestselling book, which basically, you know, gives white folk the emotional out and the, the, you know, from having a responsibility for the system that uh, oppresses people. And because he is a good Negro that makes them comfortable. And this is what we have to be careful about who we support as well. You know, when, when they pick somebody that we didn't, we are like, where'd they come from? Right. Where, where did this person come from? Who, who, how, right. how you get? And, and then we, you know, we, we tune in because they're black. We, we are, we are to me, you know, participating at our own demise. That's and, right. you know, I, I'm, I'm tired. I'm doing that. Um, and I'm talking about y'all who do it because I don't, but <laughs> tired of seeing it. Like, let's stop. Let's, let's, you know, and I like seeing the, the, you know, the dear CNN, stop putting Van Jones out there, please. We, we have not ordained him, our spokesperson. You feel comfortable with him. You like him because he gives you the emotional um, out to have to really sit in this because you have a responsibility. This is your responsibility, by the that's way. Right. That's right. Your responsibility to fix all the violence that's in the world. It's your responsibility. And however many black people you get book deals to and million dollar contracts to let you off the hook so you can like or, or, or even beat beat you up in, in what is essentially a fetish move. Oh, I mean, it's Come a on. fetish move. Like, in other words, I want to be beat up. Somebody lash me. Why? Because when you're finished, I'm still going to own you, the place you lashed me at and the lash. But I need, I want to feel lashed. I mean, uh, it's kind of, it's the same mentality that led, and there's a whole bookshelf of books, William Lehman, um, Blacking Up, uh, Eric Eric Lott, Love and Theft, Blackface Minstrelsy and the White American Working Class. In other words, it's the same, well, I would say it's, it's similar to minstrelsy in the 19th century, where you blackened your face so you could show out. You know, you're going to be black. It's, uh, 
you know, the, the equivalent of that now, of course, isn't just blackface minstrelsy, it's performing blackness. So you're going to find some white people out there talking louder than all the black people. We need to, blah, blah, blah. okay, well, then you need to run out there and do something about it. But it is all our responsibility, not because we set this in motion, but because we are the ones who are most in harm's way. And I will come back to that in a minute, but I just want to keep going through because, again, I'm not surprised by any of it. I mean, just watching this, we understand social structure media. You're telling the story as if we haven't seen it before. I'm not talking about the violence. I'm not talking about the black death. We've seen that plenty of times. In fact, you thrive on it. In fact, you're going to play that video on an endless loop. No, I'm talking about the idea that we don't know what happens next. There's the execution, whether it be George, uh, whether it be George Floyd, whether it be Breonna Taylor, whether it be uh, you name it, right? Whether it be, um, I'm thinking about Miss Carr, Gwen Carr's uh, son, uh, Eric Garner whether it be Emmett Till. And yes, somebody in the chat put that Don Lemon asked uh, Brother Tyree's mom, did he did she see the movie Till? Don, Don, Don Glare clutching, he grasping. It's all right, Don, because we ain't watching you for anything else anyway. We know diversity, equity, inclusion. And hey, if you say something great, no man, you know, Van, if you say something great, okay, that's great. But we're not looking to you. See, we have to look at each other. That's, what, that's why in the Africana Studies framework that we developed, we have a governance category, which asks the question, who are African people to each other? So brother Acho, you got drug in them social media streets. Van, you getting drug. Uh, the genius of African people on social media is undefeated. That's a governance conversation. So everybody else just gonna have to watch. And if you jump in, you might catch them social media hands. Why? Because we're in a moment, but let me just, let me, let me very, very summarily today. The execution, the period between the execution by the paterolas, the punishment they trying to mete out, and the punishment we will mete out if you don't nip them in the bud, that's the period we're in now. We're at the beginning, not the end. So the idea they boarding up stuff, I mean, you know, that's a recognition that the period between when you execute one of us and then we then say, we're going to sit back and see what you're going to do. We'll march. We'll put some hashtags. We'll do some stuff. We're going to see. Let him go. Let Derek go. Let him go. Look, man, we got to throw this white boy overboard. In other words, because but that period is getting shorter. How do we know? They didn't board nothing up when Ronnie King got beat. But they started boarding stuff up when the Simi Valley jury came back and judge ito was like the verdict is here we're gonna read it now they dismissing letting people out of school and, shit. and you still didn't stop what happened at the corner of florence and normandy because now we wait justice we're gonna talk about justice in a minute but in that period you kind of red-handed you got evidence and as so many of us know not just in the united states but all over the world when you have oppressive systems and state violence, the, the agents of state violence are almost always not caught on tape. These are the kind of pedestrian things that happen every day. In the words of another son of the Caribbean by way of England who found his way into the United States, Slick Rick, this kind of shit that happens every day. So you caught this because of over-policing in black communities, 
the same Memphis where Ida Bell Wells' friend who owned the People's Grocer was killed by white people because they didn't like the fact he had a grocery store and was making money. So they killed him and Ida Bell Wells from Holly Springs, Mississippi, who had come to Memphis at 25 years old to teach school and had started her newspaper and was in there fighting for justice in that same Memphis. Says, you know, if they kill him, said the law can't protect us. Get you a Winchester rifle. Well, the law still can't protect. We should just leave Memphis. So them same white people then come and burn her damn a newspaper place down while she's traveling and then she tries to get back to Memphis. She's going to rebuild. Her friends are like Ida. See, Ida B. Wells, as we talked about in session one of In Class, 151 weeks ago today, that 20 minutes on Ida Wells, Ida Wells would literally fight them on the train <laughs> she's i'm going back to memphis now sis you can't and that's when she went to chicago and we you know we've talked about that but my point is that that's the same memphis we know that most of the stuff not caught on tape but we also know our lives at any moment could be snatched but that don't mean we ain't no we're punks and we sit back so you got the execution you got the punishment there's some evidence which is overwhelmingly usually not the case Ironically, there's evidence because of over-policing. Closed circuit television caught it because because the cops made sure that they're, 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 you know, one fell off. <laughs> yeah, okay. They're turning away, even as you can hear them. And then there's the prosecution. But what does the prosecution entail? The prosecutor, as I mentioned, uh, prosecutor, uh, Steve Mulroy, Shelby County prosecutor there, ran, campaigned on progressive prosecution. So he's going to do everything he can. But guess what? These cops are going to get defense attorneys. Now, yeah, the police union ain't going to jump out there like, ah, but you best believe it's going to be some money injections from somewhere because they would probably throw them overboard completely. But they got patterolists to protect. They want to be able to continue to exercise their license to kill. So they'll figure out a way to get money for lawyers. The first thing the lawyer is going to do is try to change the venue. You got to get out of Shelby County. They can't get a fair trial in Shelby County. So uh, yeah, there's been prejudice. There's been all this uh, stuff on the air. And then we had the people, uh, you know, got to judge. We got to change the venue. I mean, there are not 12 people who can hear this in Shelby County because they've been watching in class and they've been in newbie and nerd, whatever that is. And, you know, they heard Don Lemon and Van Jones on CNN. We got to move the venue. Where well, you want to move it? We want to get the widest place in Tennessee. You know, we can go to the suburbs out here outside out of Memphis, look courthouse. They're going to try to change the venue. Anybody's guess whether they're going to be able to do it because we mad as hell. And guess what they'll even put up as evidence? You see, you can't have people be fair because they had a march and it was 50 million people there and every one of them could be in the jury pool. No, every time you go to a march, you are disqualifying yourself in terms of the defense attorneys. That's at least the case they're going to make. But let's say they keep it in Shelby County. And by the way, all the people who say voting doesn't matter, if you in Shelby County, register to vote. Because, see, that's where they get the jury pool from, the voter rolls. It's time for chess, not checkers. All right, so now you get the jury selection. Whoa. Remember George Floyd jury? Remember the defense attorney asked the brother, can you be impartial? Absolutely. Yeah, but you were at a march. I was. Your Honor, number so-and-so challenged for cause, stricken from the jury. So, do you believe the police treat black people fairly? Uh, no, my own experience, I was stopped by, your honor, so-and-so stricken off the jury. Remember, we're a long way between the execution and the trial and the conviction. 
So during jury selection, you can guarantee that they're going to do their best, the lawyers for them cops, to get rid of any human being. They want white nationalists. They want Sarah Huckabee Sanders white nationalists. Onward Christian soldiers, Samuel Alito white nationalists. Onward Christian soldiers, that flaming cross, you know the one that was burned by that, the great Christian fascist nationalists started in 1866 in, where was the Klan started in 1866? Nathaniel Bedford Forrest was, oh yeah, Pulaski, Tennessee. Oh my goodness. So they want them. They bring their Bible in because see, they are defending white civilization from you. They want them in the jury box. But let's say you get a few human beings in the box who get past the fact that in cases like this, your blackness is a disqualifier. Imagine that. Everybody who studied the law knows this. Any practicing lawyer knows this. Anybody been in the DA's office or a defense attorney knows this. Black experience is red in jury selection is bias. Have you ever experienced uh, discrimination? Well, I know I was, I was in... I was in the department store the other day and, and I know this cop was fine. Your Honor, we want so-and-so disqualified. Black experience is biased. So let's say you get through the jury selection process and you see some human beings. Okay. Natalie at trial. Professor Hunter, you covered this endlessly, as did every honest person who has a microphone and millions listening over the arc of that George Floyd trial. Every day, you had an all-star group of attorneys and lawyers, including our sister Angie Porter in talking, because she's from Minneapolis. Ask her. I, I, we kid Angie all the time. We say, you know, you were the police. She worked for the city attorney for a while. After she worked big law, she clerked for two federal judges. But there was she did a stretch in the city prosecutor office. So she know the police. Professor Hunter, what caused uh, our brother's death? What caused Tyree Nichols' death? Heart, heart, uh, heart failure, right? That's what they gonna say. Yeah, heart failure. The proximate cause. The lawyers for the cops gonna say he didn't die from the beating. Ain't that what he said, George Floyd? He was hopped up on drugs. That don't right. mean it's gonna be successful. But right. we got a long way to go between the execution and the punishment. You understand? And so, but the media knows that, but they ain't how they talking. Why? Because they got to stretch it out. They're going to get some, a lot of eyeballs. They're going to get some arguments. They're going to have Van Jones on one side. And what's that a sports writer that's out there always saying, give me the script, boss. I'm going to say whatever the opposite of whatever they say. What's Whitlock. Whitlock. Whit yeah, Jason Whitlock. No question. They're going to have, you know, and then people click mad. <laughs> I don't care whether you mad. I don't care whether you take, which side you take on the argument. Long as you stay here for us to run this Metamucil and car uh, and computer and golf and Viagra and whatever other ads we run between the sessions where they arguing. We don't care. This is CNN. So we don't care <laughs> what you think. So the conviction. All right. Here's where the pressure mounts. Now the trial is going on. Now the jury's deliberating. Now they really start boarding stuff up. Because they do remember, not 1991 when King was beat, but May 1992. See, that's when the thing went down. The George Floyd verdict. Uh, we're reporting live from the Memphis courthouse. Uh, the whole damn world has been shut down. In yeah, because we out here now. We out here. And, of course, when that one happened, as Blow wrote in the Times today, it was very interesting. You know, we were in the middle of a whole pandemic. So you got people who are working vir uh, virtually or not working at all. You got students at home. So everybody in the street, 
Why? One of the one of the reasons some of the people in the street because they ain't seen nobody. So we out there, hands up, don't shoot, protesting, right? And the tension is building. Then you get through all those maneuverings and you get to the trial, and now the jury is deliberating, and now it's really mass. And then they tell you the verdict's coming in. Let the system work. The rising tension, months of organizing, months of marching, months of prosecutors versus defendant narratives. In this case, in West Tennessee, at least there's a prosecutor who is saying, I'm going for this. We're going to do this. Not like young Dan Cameron, your punk in Kentucky, who stood between Breonna Taylor and her killers. No, he didn't stand between them. I'm sorry. Who stood with the killers. Of Brianna Taylor, young Dan Cameron. What happened to young Dan? I thought he was a rising star, Professor Hunter. Whatever happened to young Dan Cameron? That was like what 10, 15, 20 months ago. <laughs> Keith Ellison, who damn near lost re-election for just doing his job. <laughs> damn near lost re-election in Minnesota. <laughs> it's is the Memphis DA. Now he already come out now to mass entertainment media. Is saying we and that's they let's say they convict him. Is that the end of the story? No, they say mass news entertainment media, social structure media will say the system worked. And the irony will say, yes, it did. Why? Because there's the here's the real issue. The real issue, there is no justice in this country. I will use another brother from Georgia who spent time in West Tennessee, the great Henry McNeil Turner, Bishop Turner. There's no justice in this country. There's no future in this country for black people. Out of Bell Wells in Memphis, there's no future in Memphis. Get the hell out of Memphis. Go to Oklahoma, go to Chicago, go wherever. Because, you know, I tell everybody, get a rifle. But damn it, the rifle can't save you because we're at a point now where the pathology is so deeply ingrained in us. If you do get a pistol, you might turn around and shoot me. White supremacy is a hell of a drug. So let's talk about this. That's just, that's just the fundamental rudimentary roadmap between now and whenever that verdict comes in. And Professor Hunter, I, unless I miss my guess and I look down at the chat, I really don't think anybody's surprised by anything I just said because it ain't speculation. I'm just walking through what happens every time this happens, right? Yes. So then my question will become why did they board up the stuff in the wake of the video? Theater. It was it, it, it was kind of theater, huh? Well, you need something for the cameras. There you go. Come on, come on now, come, <laughs> Professor Hunter. You teach this every week at school. What is the logic of social structure media as it relates to how this has been reported in the just hours since this video has been released? What I know it's like who made the call for people to, you know, it's 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 so performative. It's like you always know there's going to be a crowd. They know where the crowd's going to be. There's the boarding up of the things. There's the marching. There's you know and I'm. I get it. Some of it's organic, but a lot of it's manufactured. And I was like, this is interesting. And then you you tune on and you got the the very serious, um, you know, they bring the the heavy hitters out to come and have, and then they have the panels and then you get the, the, the all the sides, the experts, the police experts, the law experts. And, you know, it's, you, you put it on a show. It's a show. It's a show. It's, it's, a, a, show. Show. it's a show. And the money long before the verdict, because remember in Floyd's case, they tried to use the settlement, the city settlement, as evidence that the trial was not fair for Chauvin. In fact, they in, they in appeals court right now trying to overturn his thing, but the feds got him. So, oh, by the way, uh, the families of the cops that killed this brother, that killed young Tyree Nichols, don't find any comfort 
with the possibility that you might be able to get out from under them state charges, the manslaughter charge, the kidnapping charge, the other four charges, all that, and they may charge some more. Because guess what? I don't know and don't care, really, frankly, what Merrick Milktoast Gar uh, Garner going to do. But you can bet the $5 you got in your bank account that Kristen Clark ain't going to let these boys go. <laughs> so elections don't matter, I know. But the uh, Deputy Attorney General for Civil Rights, <laughs> shit. they're going to put a fed charge. Remember, in the King Rebellion, the reason we set this country on natural fire, them cops was acquitted. They were acquitted on them criminal charges, state criminal charges. It took the feds to come in, and they still only convicted two of them. And we we did a billion dollars worth of damage. I'll never forget, that was May 1992. I was a graduate student at Ohio State. I was the graduate assistant at the Frank W. Hale Black Culture Center at Ohio State. And we unlocked the Culture Center and all the Black people who could come in there, staff, faculty, students jammed in. We had the big screen TV. And as the sun went down, we watching. And then when they released the verdict, they were going, they were live on CNN. We had the big screen TV, the flat screen. We in there, hundreds of people just jammed in there. They let them boys go and the fire started going up and the sun went down in LA. We in there watching in Columbus, Ohio and CNN made a mistake that they haven't made since. They were reporting live. The swap meet burn up. We're going live now to Minneapolis. The Negroes have destroyed the mall of Minnesota. Hold on, hold on. Oh, we're here at CNN headquarters in Atlanta. The Negroes have destroyed undergrad. Hold on. And then they went off live and started repeating the talking heads from the desk and started doing the fence. Why? Because Negroes was watching and getting the signal. Oh, oh, it's on? It's on. It's on. It's on. Let's go. Understand this, as Malcolm X said, as long as you have the ingredients for an explosion, you have the potential for explosion on your hand. Part of it they were boarding up because they realized that the period between when you do something and, and justice comes, that window getting shorter and shorter. We know y'all, y'all done let them go too many times. Too many times. Don Lemon, you're right. That's not good interviewing this idea. Did you see the Till movie? But we know the name Emmett Till because movement and memory, one of our categories in Africana. How did it do African people remember these experiences? Emmett Till is emblazoned in our minds. And yes, it is extremely painful. Now, this was at the hand of black men. But black men are no different than white men when it comes to black death, when pathology makes you choose black death over black life. So you picked the wrong side, blue boys, and now you got to pay. So again, let's think about this. This master narrative, Tyree Nichols, the clock started with his death. As Roy Jones once recorded in his hip hop turn, y'all must have forgotten. <laughs> in other words, this is when it starts, not when it ends. So the master narrative is clear. Swallow death, seek punishment. Justice technically, I mean justice technically, like it's the same root of the word judge, right? The old French, then go back to the Latin. It really means punishment. So when people are seeking justice, we often think of it from, to evoke another of our categories in African studies, the ways of knowing category, the ways of knowing category, again, for reminder for folks who are new to this space. And by the way, there are a lot of people new here in Nubia. Mm -hmm. People are coming by the thousands. What in the world? We was over, over, over 2,000 people. It started overflowing. Um, it's 20, 29. 
29, we close to 3,000. And that's just here, of course, over the arc of the week between Saturdays on YouTube, thousands and thousands more y'all coming in. So since you're going to come in, let's destroy the shadow ban attempt because they can't do it on YouTube on Karen Hunter's channel. Subscribe, hit the like button. Why not? Don't cost you nothing. Might as well keep doing it because, hey, we have jailbroken the space and we just getting started. But at any rate, what you see then, this whole notion of seeking punishment or justice is really about if you go look at the word justice and see how it's applied, you can't bring them back to life. But we look in terms of our ways of knowing in terms of like almost like being made whole. You can't do that. You can't do that. Ms. Wells is sitting there. He was a good boy. The fact that she even felt compelled to say that. The fact that she said, you know, don't be violent. Don't be violent. We, we all felt, yeah, okay. But we're going to talk about ways of knowing in a minute. But the whole idea of justice isn't about being made whole. That's impossible. This young man is an ancestor now. He over there with Breonna Taylor and George Floyd. He's over there with Sandra Bland. He's over there with uh, everybody else from Emmett Till to all the people who've been lynched. He's over there with everybody who summarily was killed by white violence in Mississippi. So when the Jones brothers and the Snick singers came up with that song, in the Mississippi River, Lord, 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 in the Mississippi River. Well, you can count them one by one. It could be your son. Count them two by two. It could be me or you. Count them three by three. Do you want to see? Nobody wants to see that video, but we must bear witness. When those young people wrote that song in the Mississippi rivers, the same Jones that wrote the Ballad of Mega Evers. In Jackson, Mississippi in 1963, they lived a man who was brave. He fought for freedom all of his life and they laid Mega Evers in his grave. We done seen this damn show before. And yeah, we know, Ms. Wells, we know you got to say that. But we also remember, if we are paying attention, Philando Castile's mother. Remember Philando Castile's mother? I, I feel like, did you ever talk? Y'all don't you talk to her. I did not. Mm. I, did not. Yeah. I loved her. She went, on, she went on Facebook Live and said, yeah, y'all should tear it up. Hell no, I'm not. I'm like, look at this. Look at this Mississippi Negro up here in Minnesota talking about my baby is dead. Justice, you can't bring him back. But I tell you one thing, you might as well tear it up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So justice in this sense is in the very narrow sense of punishment, punishment under the rule of law. And when if and when that happens, of course, social structure, uh, media, social structure, commentators, social structure itself, including the legal system is going to say, see, the system works. Yeah, it worked perfectly. You've got hired, killed executioners who go out and police and kill us. And then depending on how we react, you lock them up for a while. Do you have the death penalty in state law in Tennessee? No, them white boys, that's clan, that's clan country. Okay, what, well, the feds got the death penalty? Woo, why don't you uh, summarily execute them cops? Or let them go. But yeah, you just let them go. Yeah, I better go read Toni Morrison's novel cultural meaning making another of our categories song of solomon look up the seven days mm -mm, let them go so we got a pact anyway 
story for another day. We talked about that in All Star. So let's think about this. This master narrative: swallow death, seek punishment. He's dead. Justice. Okay, we've seen this show before. Eliminating the social structure context. That was why they had to get on the air right quick, because what you got to maintain is the invisibility of whiteness and make this anti-black violence something that is demographically racial. It don't matter the color of the damn police. You don't think it was Negroes hunting people during enslavement? As you say, Professor Hunter, our genius brother, Dan Black, in his novel, The Coming. Look at Frank, the Ashanti man in the coming, if you read the coming. Look at these Africans who betrayed, but guess what? Is it really betrayal? When you are put in a situation where you are told, if you don't do this, we're gonna do it to you. I'm not giving any excuses. I, I can understand what Dante is saying because you know, when Dante is raising this and he's talking about the cues and raising money and they got families, that is very much a governance conversation. That's one of them conversations that if he had said it on CNN and then some white commentator or some Negro they hire, and by the way, I'm not making that phrase up. That's what uh, Richard Pryor, remember Richard Pryor album, we said, don't you hate when they get a Negro they hire on television and they say something like, well, you know, we should give them a chance because we yeah, that's the Negro they hire. That's Richard Pryor. That's not me. But at any rate, it, and if Dante said that, and then some person, well, you know, I can see your point. Hold on. You ain't got no, you know, don't mix social structure and governance structure on this. Because anytime you have the ingredients for an explosion, you have the potential for explosion on your hands. So this is a governance conversation we got to have today. Everybody in the world can watch. Everybody in the world is going to have an opinion. But at the heart of this, this is why we got to have Africana studies, not as a university-centered exercise, but as a loosely organized convening where we can think together and with each other because we've got to answer that seventh question that Sonia Sanchez posed that Karen Hunter put as the overarching frame of our Africana studies conceptual categories, our methodology. Yeah, uh-huh, but how do it free us? So when we think about this, this social structure, first category, had to eliminate anti-Black violence as the cause of this. So there are going to be conversations about police reform and how come the justice, the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act, Joe, Joe Biden had run out there and already said that. See, if you had passed this, yeah, if you had passed that, would they have said, ding, oh my God, I, we shouldn't do this. Hell no. Listen to those cops. That death was black as hell. How they talking about him? Oh, that boy got drugs. Oh, I don't know, man. Shit, they got me to be... <sighs> They could have been at the club. Doesn't surprise me at all that they were all in fraternity. They sounded like some cats. That just got finished rolling on some other cats. No question. It's very black. The limits of diversity, equity, and inclusion were on display in this summary punishment. I don't care whether you are in the Memphis police force or the damn uh, Secretary of Defense, Secretary Austin, saying we're going to give all these HBCUs $90 million to perfect our technology of death. Or Negroes grinning saying, thank you. We're going to be good. This is going to help protect our troops. As you take the lives of the people who look like you all the way around the world, boy, you Negroes then got caught up in some damn white supremacy and some damn social structure logic, which is why we got to have Africana studies and we will fight you. But guess what? We ain't got to fight you at the university no more. Not in the same way. Why? Because in these three years, we got space now. We can have a conversation. And it goes into those spaces, which means we're stronger now than ever before, baby. And we're going to save y'all if you allow yourselves to be saved. So reducing race into proxies is a social structure strategy. Race becomes a proxy for values. They're black cops, so they must share the values of the rest of the black community. There ain't no such thing as the black community. What have we been saying for three years? There's no we. You got to build a we. There are building blocks for a we. There are ways of knowing that we generally share, even if there, although there are differences, many differences, there are still similarities. 
cultural meaning making, as we talked about in our class that we're doing in Nubia. Everybody here knows, and the folks who will watch this later, you know, we go through this extensively. We go through those cultural meaning makings, the differences and the similarities. So there are building blocks, but the we must form politically. It's not enough that everybody eat beans and rice or like music with a, with, with a beat, whether it be on the one or the two. It's not enough that everybody know what mm -hmm, mm -mm, mean. It don't mean. Now you got to turn that into some type of unified. Why do you think they were always singing in these movements? Because something happens to you when you sing. Even if you are atheist, you know that vibration into your ear and does something to your, well, you wouldn't call it a soul. I suppose you call it your central nervous system. But those of us who know that there is a soul and that there are ancestors, please understand that that galvanizes you and fortifies you. And guess what? It scares the hell out of our open enemies. Sarah Huckabee Sanders can sit up in her funky church pew in Little Rock singing Onward Christian Soldiers Marching as to War. That's very nice. That's very nice. Then we come in there singing a different song. And when you pee on yourself, you realize, shit, we better put these boys in jail. Why? Because if that singing turns into swinging, we're in trouble. So, and understand that in order for the singing to turn into swinging, it takes a political consciousness. This was Malcolm's critique. It ain't the cultural critique. It's the critique of what you're going to do with the culture. So what we see is that the social structure analysis, they will make race a proxy for values. Race isn't a proxy for values. We make assumptions based on how we look. We can't make those assumptions. Oh, it wouldn't be beautiful if we could. This is not a moment for nativism either. Imagine, and Malcolm used to always say this, imagine if at this moment the embassies of every country in the world where black people are the majority, sent a cablegram or sent a message to Joe Biden and to Kevin Punk McCarthy. Yeah, I hear messing with Ilhan Omar. You're a real, you're a world-class punk. With your white Christian nationalist friend, Marjorie Taylor Greene, you're gonna give her the keys to the damn secrets. Hey, but I'm saying, I, I love it. Go for it, baby. Cause you're gonna tear your thing up and see what you're gonna realize is that once it's toe up, you ain't going to be able to put it back together. Then we're going to renegotiate the terms. So stick her everywhere you want. But y'all leave Elhan Omar alone. What if what if the Somalis, what if the Ghanaians, what if the United Nations delegation from Africa, what if the Trinities, what if the Jamaicans, what if the Brazilians sent all messages to the United Nations and to the President of the United States? We're paying close attention to what's going on in Memphis. We don't know if we want to do business in a country where we would not be safe. But, but no, but you're a Nigerian. No, I'm black. And my blackness isn't just cultural. My blackness is, I heard what you said, uh, Emmanuel, but you need to shut up. Or not, keep talking, because our blackness is not monolithic after all. But we're sending a message. Y'all driving cars with a lot of oil in them, and gas in them, and maybe we're going to cut y'all off. And, and if y'all saw today's uh, Financial Times, the, um, the Russian minister, I want to say minister of defense, was in South Africa uh, the other day. Me and Gerald Horn were talking about this yesterday. Uh, let me see if I see it right quick. Uh, I don't need to see it. I just just mentioned it because, yeah. Oh, my God. Soaring prices. What's oh, a mess? Everywhere in, in the world is a mess now. Anyway, I won't be able to find it quick. Oh, there it is. Uh, South Africa gives Lavrov a welcome that shows Russia is not alone. South African's foreign minister was all smiles this week as she hosted Russian counterpart Sergei Lavrov for the first time since Russia invaded Ukraine crazy oh by the way parenthetically i'll come back in a minute be careful covid is still out here y'all see this headline in today's financial times high demand for chrysanthemums a sign of surging covid deaths in china they up all over the world by the way we're not out of the pandemic all right so the point is that what if every country 
run by African people, reached out and said, we're not only paying attention to Memphis, we expect full prosecution. Because while you on mass entertainment, social structure media saying whatever well, black, so therefore, uh-uh, uh-uh, blackness means more. And it didn't contain in the four corners of the boundaries of a settler state like the United States of America. Now is not the time to wrap yourselves in that flag and say, this isn't American. This is quintessentially American. This is what they do. This has happened to us since the first toes planted on this continent as a result of the settler colonial violence we call enslavement. This is what my colleague Nicole Hannah-Jones is wrestling with in the 1619 Project. That She just dropped the uh, Hulu six-piece documentary. At some point, I'll watch it. I, in the commercials, I saw maybe one too many American flags. Well, I saw the American flag, and then I just turned it off. So it's one too many for me. But I ain't but got no... It's good. It's good. I, I, I'm watching it. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's important, um, because unfortunately, you know, I think we're sitting in this space. Um, we are inundated with information and the people who come here, come here willfully to seek out something, but there there are so many of us, more, more of us than not. and, And I love Daniel Black for saying with seeds, you don't need a whole lot. To germinate, you don't know you need a whole lot of seeds. So, so we have a very small amount of seeds that will, you know, cast across the universe and and plant some things. But for people who aren't well versed, and because the school system is what it is, is trash all over the country, all over the world, and it's a shame that Brazil is doing something this this country won't do, which is to uh, demand Black history in their schools. Black history in Brazil, it's that's mind blowing. But I think for people who are not, you know, who are not well read, this is a good. I mean, it introduces you to our humanity, our our patriotism, you know, and the flags, uh, the way she's woven it into the conversation. Um, and it's not like the sixteen nineteen project in the New York Times, but it's adjacent, and you know, this whole thing on the con- construct of race in episode two, which is what we're talking about here. How can five black officers do that? Well, because race is a made-up construct, and it's not about race and melanin and lack of melanin. It's about an ideology and a, and a system that we're under that can't be broken as long as we buy into the division, right? right. As long as we buy into you're black, I'm white, we can never solve this. That's exactly but, so I, so I think it's a valuable thing on Hulu and those of you who have it should watch it because absent anything else, we're not getting this information. Either, you know, I would agree. No, I, I would agree. And I'm in full agreement with you. And, and thank you Prof, for saying that because, you know, it's interesting. We were in a conversation a couple of months ago with uh, a group of elders from Alpha Phi Alpha who invited Nicole in to have a conversation about the 1619 Project. And as as a member of Alpha Alpha and a younger member relative to them, you know, I was there and is and it was very interesting to hear her talk about the journey she's been on in this process. And you're absolutely right. Where she is now isn't where she was when the, when the 1619 Project uh, debuted in 2019. And uh, in fact, during the conversation, uh, Bob Harris, Dr. Robert Harris, who's the national historian of Alpha Phi Alpha, former provost at Cornell, one of the uh, the stalwarts who fought for Africana studies at Cornell with his colleague and, and now ancestor who we talked about a few months ago, James Turner. He asked her, you know, why not start with the Spanish in the 16th century? Her response was, well, that wasn't where we started, but I absolutely get it. And I think that that's absolutely valid. 
and we talked about reparations and you can see it's a, she's, she's at a different place like all of us as we continue to learn continue to grow and so i would join you in, in in saying yes watch it absolutely because we all have to have points of entry it's not where i am and it's evidence of the fact that we don't all have to be in the same place in order to fight for the same thing which is for human beings to be in the world safe secure and to be part of nature and environment in ways that don't damage anything we have to be for life so i absolutely embrace that her father was a veteran like my father's a veteran i understand that completely that flag is very complicated it's not complicated to me uh, I, I take the uh the opinion of uh, i take the attitude of henry mcneil turner who of course came out of the united states civil war um, and john henry clark who often would say that henry turner would stand up in a pulpit with the american flag on one side the christian flag on the other side and before he would start his sermon he would rag on the american flag which he said was nothing but a gd rag for 20 minutes and then now i'll talk about my sermon i wouldn't even give it 20 minutes i don't give a damn you will not find an american flag only time you see me with an american flag uh, as I said, when Nicole debuted her Center for Race and Democracy at Howard and was on the panel, we sitting there talking. I said, for a lot of black people, you know, when you see us wave that flag, that's cosplay, so you'll leave us alone. So at any rate, <laughs> don't think we believe it. We just figure if we do like this, this is like a shibboleth. You'll leave us alone. You know, like them black cops think that they may get left alone, and they are being left alone now with because they had the badge on. Yeah, you're being left alone by that damn police union because your skin is still a little dark for the blue. But yes, so I was I would join you. We have to have that diversity of opinion because ultimately, in terms of white nationalism, in terms of settler colonialism, see that mentality looks at all of it the same. As John Clark said, you know the difference between a Jamaican and somebody from Georgia? The point of a finger. <laughs> in other words, in fact, John Clark used to say the most Pan-African person in the world is a New York City cab driver. They won't pick up none of y'all. You don't know where y'all from. He just seen the color of your skin. And so I'm going to keep going. And guess what? Increasingly, the people who keep going look like the people they passed up on the corner. Again, white supremacy is a mentality and they will they will make no distinction. So I agree with you wholeheartedly, Prof. So as we think about this question, then in terms of social structures, we continue in terms of going through our categories and applying this to the case of Tyree Nichols and the murder of Tyree Nichols. The social structure is going to try to remove anti-black violence as the issue and localize this as much as it can and also stress be non-violent be non-violent so you so you try out the mothers who are grieving you try out the families but particularly the mothers with the exception of outliers like philando castillo mother and you see what the social structure cares about immediately again from the killing from the execution to the punishment of the cops. That's the period when it builds, the tension builds. At the moment of execution, they told you what they care about, violence. Not even human violence, violence against property. Y'all out here boarding up windows. She, don't you know these young boys looking like, and these young girls looking like, okay, whatever they board up, that's what we are gonna set on fire first when the thing goes down. In other words, y'all really think black people don't be paying attention, but we do. But now we have to move to the governance question. The social structure question, who are we to other people? That's almost everything you're going to see in white-facing commercial media. But the governance question is a different question. We have our own range of opinions on who these brothers are, who they are not. And I'm calling them brothers in the most expansive and loosely used term. Because guess what? We must see them as brothers. Why? Because the, our language betrays the fact that we assume that they're going to have some obligation to us based on how they look based on how they sound, based on how they behave. 
Man, he's motherfucker, man. This MF, man, he don't draw something. I don't know, bro. I don't know, bro. And, and now they saying in social media, bro, bro, bro. Yeah, bro, but I heard bruh too. Like the bruhs. <laughs> we going to the frat house? Yeah, we get the bruhs. Get the bruhs. Calling all of us to the floor. Get the bruhs. In other words, these are black men. And we feel some kind of way about that. In other words, you think the people in them streets don't know them cats. You talking about, look, the best place for them right now in Memphis might be jail. Because if you're going to shoot young Dolph, you think you won't cap a cop? Please understand. And then meanwhile, oh, violence is never the answer. If violence is never the answer, why in the hell did you just say that to me? And I understood it in the English language. A violent act got me understanding you in English over here in cold with long sleeves on, ashy sometimes. All that shit is violence. Don't you ever tell me violence is not the answer. The United States of America means violence. It is a 1619 project and a 1787 project and a 1776 project and a 1526 project. Settler colonialism, them four numbers is all the same. They all add up to 1619, 1776, 1587, 1526 when the do you know why you got so many damn cops? Because the act of economic violence has put people in increasingly desperate situations. You know why you're scared of people? Because you've treated people so badly that they don't have any choice but to react. You know why you're boarding up places? Why? Because the places you boarding up displace people. That used to be somebody's house when you ran the damn highway through Memphis. Go read Sam Yet's book, The Choice. Or any other book that talks, go read the 1619 Project, the essay in the 1619 Project about where they place the highways and where. That story gets told every generation. You destroyed our communities and then you police them because you know at some point you better keep a left eye on us because we ain't never forgot. Y'all must have forgot. So the governance conversation we're having, we have our own opinions about this. They beat that man like N-words. They beat him like they were trying to take the next step to how, if they queued, some of them got jumped into that game. I was 19 years old when they jumped me in. The statute of limitations has passed on the kind of violence that was perpetrated on me until we did what? Fought back. One night, we in a the field. They're out there beating our ass. Then we like, take these damn blindfalls off. Fair one. Time to cross them, Negroes. You finally got the message. But that young boy not big enough to fight back. And you let white men beat your ass. If it was a white boy you was beating, he turned him, slap you in the face. He may mess around, file some charges, and you'll get paid. Anyway, see the anti-blackness in, in, as something that is internalized. It is not as violent physically as the murder of Tyree Nichols. But all these studies that have been done over the last decade or so on how children of African descent even in circumstances where it is gendered, black girls, black boys, all policed, albeit through gendered lenses. So you got a bunch of five-year-olds and six-year-olds in kindergarten and first grade, and they testing these teachers as to how they looking at who behaves and who doesn't behave. And you find that even some of the black teachers looking at the black kids like, hmm, better look at them. Following eye movements, hmm, we better look at them. 
because anti-blackness has now been internalized little bad kids that's why we need black teachers i'm with my brother sharif el mecki and everybody at the center for black educated development in philly and everybody's saying we need black teachers but we need black teachers who see us as black humans not little adults that need to be policed because when you kick somebody like that what do they say prof hurt people hurt hurt people i bet you if you go back through the lives of all, each one of them cops you're gonna find a whole bunch of patriarchy you might find some abuse because then you turn around and hit somebody else look like you i don't care whether you're in the fraternity or in the damn police uniform at some point perpetrating violence you've internalized something about your lack of humanity and it doesn't matter liking yourself or not liking yourself. It's about of what you think of yourself as a human that you're projecting outward out of pain or rage or hurt. And so I get what Dante is saying. I also get the fact that in that governance conversation, we have a different conversation to be had. Because while we talk about that, here comes somebody from a social structure. Well, you know, that's interesting because I, you know, I did a study in Zurich. I remember when I remember one time I was in London. Hey, 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 that's very nice. We'll come over there to you in a minute. But right now we talking. Why? You see, ain't nothing going to happen to you. When we leave the studio, you're going home. I might not make it home. You understand? This could be me. We don't want to watch the damn video because we know the video. We don't want to watch the video because it's so painful because we're not just watching it. We're there. We're in it. I don't want to watch this. White people say. We say, I don't want to watch this. The same reason my young people was talking this week uh, in class at Howard. We we're talking about this question of oriki. I'm coming to that in a minute, cultural meaning making. Oriki, a Yoruba word, a verbal and visual incantation. We've talked about that before. Remember, we talked about young Amor Salam, the Salam method of dealing with oriki. And we got around to the question of how we are represented. And we were talking about, among other things, how enslavement is depicted in cinema. And you know, it's, it's a lot of black people say, I don't want to watch no slave movie. I want some more damn slave movies. It isn't that we don't want to know the history, although that is an issue too. It's a matter of, I felt that every time Lupita Nyong'o get hit in 12 Years a Slave, I felt that shit. I want somebody to hit somebody. Everybody should be nonviolent. Okay, let's go to ways of knowing. The third category, social structure, we know what that is. They're going to try to minimize anti-blackness and whiteness be at the center and try to get, okay, governance structure, we got complicated ways we're going to have to tease out because we got a long time to sit with this, y'all. And as I think about it, I'm almost overcome with emotion. Just like you were, Prof, and are. Just like all of us are. We got pulled into the middle of what Jacob Carruthers and Anderson Thompson and Harold Pates and Yvonne Jones and Ife Carruthers and Larry Crow and everybody in the Comedic Institute of Chicago, Charles and Carolyn Grantham, Muriel Bala, everybody calls the mess. This the mess. You can't fix the mess with a flag. You can't fix the mess with an anthem. You can't fix the mess with a championship Olympic team, you can't fit. No, this is the mess. The mess reared its head in the streets of Memphis the other night. That mess is painful. Ways of knowing. Terry Nichols called his mama in the shadow of his home. The man was killed in the shadow of his house. Come on, y'all. What does that mean when you call your mama? George Floyd called his mama. Mario Beatty might say, in teaching Medu Nature, Egyptians had a phrase, Medu Nefer, good speech. You call your mother, that's a way of knowing. When you say, I can't breathe, it's not just the fact that you can't breathe. That has now become 
a declaration, a dying declaration. You got people on the ground, I can't breathe. Maybe they can, maybe they can't. Maybe they hollering later, maybe they can't. But now that has been received from Eric Garner through George Floyd to the now. I can't breathe. It has been elevated in terms of a way of knowing in the middle of black death in the world. I can't breathe. Nobody of any background can see those words on a shirt or hear them in their ear. I can't breathe. And that immediately think of the perpetual salt African life is under in the United States of America in particular. I can't breathe. But you calling your mom. You see, here's the trick. You call your mama because that's where you came from. Your mama can protect you. Mm. You say, mama, mom, the last breath, this is the last breath, I'm going to call my mama. You think I'm going to call my mama? There's nobody on CNN, MSNBC, any platform that can ever understand. Yes, there's a common humanity. Yes, we're all humans. Yes, we understand we all came from. This is an African thing right here. That beautiful portrait of my mother that y'all sent us with that Yoruba saying at the bottom, when your mother stands with you, no one can stand against you. That's a fact. But guess what? The man called his mom. That's ways of knowing. Understand African people in this place we call the United States, we expect death. We expect the minor deaths, the pet, the, the petite deaths on the job. We come in the room expecting to take an L and fortify ourselves. So some of the times we come in there and tear everything up or say, I ain't budging off this and get what we want. It is animated by the fact that I know I ain't got no friends in this room. Even the people who say they're my friends, yeah, I think they're my friends. But underneath this, I don't think they're my friends. There's a way of knowing that racialization creates. Half the, half the cops, look, Ice Cube, NWA, after police. Don't let it be a black or a white one. Got you splayed out on the rooftop. Black police showing out for a white cop. I saw the white cop out there. But I see these cats, they in the same unit, these rough riding Negroes. These cats who frat brothers together with their blue on. I'm going to show y'all, I'm the baddest police out here. I'm going to show these Negroes in the street how they were talking about that boy. That's how they talk to them young boys in Memphis and young girls. Y'all get off this fucking corner. It's my corner. Okay, yeah. Take that badge off. After police, right? Ice Cube said, hey, we can go toe-to-toe -to -toe in the cell. Yes, sir. But the point is, now you ain't going to go toe-to-toe because you got your manhood on your badge and your little belt with all your little Batman tools on it. Why? Because deep down, you don't think you're human. You think that makes you a man. And as a result, we all on high alert. African people expect death in America and too many other places in the world. And that includes primarily from policing. And we also expect life. What does that mean? We don't surrender willingly. Mama. Mama. That's Medunef. That's good speech. But here's the thing. When ancestors speak, the good speech moves into another cop. That debate is talking about that. Medunecher. Divine speech. This divine speech. So guess what? Tyree Nichols is an ancestor now. Breonna Taylor is an ancestor now. Sandra Bland is an ancestor now. Laquan McDonald is an ancestor now. Uh, 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 um, 
Mm-mm-mm. I see the little boy's face in Cleveland. You know what I'm talking about? The, the boy they rolled up on just Tamir, Tamir Rice. Tamir Rice, thank you. And, and ancestors, so many others. In fact, the, the book the sister wrote, Ghost Boys, about Emmett Till. They're not ghosts. Won't believe in ghosts. And if you do believe in ghosts, that's fine. We or haints or however you want to put it. We believe in ancestors. Our ancestors ain't good. Our ancestors didn't live a certain life. And the thing, the, the, the fact in terms of ways of knowing that we feel like we have to beatify these people who are killed, these sisters and brothers who are killed, in this case, by black people, black on black death, then becomes immediately transforms into Oriki. Oriki in the Yoruba concept is something you say or sing or perform or do in the world that elevates you, elevates your community, elevates your family. This is the, you know, we the Smiths, we don't play that. We the Washingtons, we don't play that. The Onichis don't play that. The Yoruba people don't play that. The Ashanti, I'm Ashanti, I'm Zulu. No, it's an Oriki. It doesn't mean that everything you've done in your life is good, but it does mean that you pull out the things that you want to be to speak for what the Yoruba might call you are, your character. This is who you are. So this, you know, when we hear Sister Wells, she said, my son was a good, was a good boy. And then we take that. We got this beautiful video of him out there just free playing with that damn skateboard, doing things that I look at these kids like, how in the hell did you do that? This still Ricky now. He an ancestor. These five cats that killed him, your Ricky set too, forever. How about that? Now you got, y'all got children, you got families, you got partners, spouses, you got mamas, your whole bloodline. See, when you say a Ricky, a Ricky ain't just for one person, a Ricky for community. That's a tragedy. And whether you made that choice as a result of things that were done to you by way of violence, or whether you just got up and got completely brainwashed, as Carter Woodson would say, and think you made your own choice to do that, your Oriki has now turned into something else. And so we beatified George Floyd, image, Breonna Taylor. Look, when I go into a community and see a mural of Breonna Taylor, that same picture of Breonna Taylor. Breonna Taylor is an ancestor now, very powerful. What we want her walking on top of the earth? Absolutely. Big George Floyd too. But you have been taken from us, which means we're going to make you an Oriki. You're an Oriki now. We're going to sing an Oriki for you, a praise song to you. It's going to be in the videos. It's going to be in the hip hop songs. It's going to be in all. And we do that. Now, the beatification also comes. That's the beautiful. There's another form that is pronounced in terms of ways of knowing. And that is the suppression of desire. Because we want you here. What is justice? Justice will be bringing her back. We can't bring her back. We can't bring him back. So guess what? In moments like this, you know why you boarding stuff up? Because in the social structure, you are vaguely aware through historical experience that there underneath that beatification, there is also our deep desire. Prof, do you remember um, Spike Lee, uh, Do the Right Thing? Of course. Right, our sister now ancestor Ruby D, our other brother now ancestor Ozzie Davis. They on the block in Brooklyn. And he flirting with her. She ain't paying no attention. You know the mayor they call it his sister mother. She in the window, right? And then the police come in and kill Radio Raheem. Chokehold. Mm-hmm. Black people out there in the street. What the? F- and they do what? They read litany. There's a generation of young people in here right now who will watch this over the arc of the week who may not remember the names Eleanor Bumpers, who may not remember the name Michael Stewart, who may not remember the... These are the names 
Yusef Hawkins. And, and remember, Spike Lee has this scene where they're shouting those names at the police. You didn't kill this boy, put him in the trunk of your damn police car, and you in here, big cop, with your, you know, with your manhood on your chest. And then they start the fire. Remember what Ruby D said? Burn it down. Burn it down. Burn it down. You you board it up, Memphis. Because you know that we are going to elevate the people you've killed. And at the same time, our deepest desire is to burn it down. Y'all, Langston Hughes wrote the poem. Oh, the Negro, meek and mild. The way that, but where the day they changed their mind? But guess what? We'll never change our mind. We always got that. That's why I say, you see us waving that flag, a bunch of Negroes, myself included, that's cosplay. Just leave me alone. Because <laughs> it's going to come a day when you're going to find out about that flag. The day the King verdict came down, we marched to the Ohio State University Office of the President with a list of demands. Rodney King, killer's been let go. This is the moment for us now to bring the violence you commit to us every day on this campus of 50,000 people. At that time, the largest university in the country, 1992, that actually was the next day. We, we, list, we marched over there with a list of demands. I'm in the front of the pack, let's go. 10 demands, we want black dorm, we want the black staff, get raises. I'm not talking about the black professional staff. I'm talking about the women that had clean up the vomit of them white sorority and fraternity people who come back on the weekend, throw up all in the showers and they get paid minimum wage. We want to raise for them. We create a whole organization called Action. Africans committed to improving our nation. Because King, you let the killers go. We, this is another moment. This is the thing we believe with our whole heart. And in a minute, we up there, I'm reading the demands. Everybody there, we all there reading you, you do number one, you number two, number three. What's that? What's that? These Negroes had gone and snatched the flagpole, the flag off the flagpole. They burning the flag. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, don't burn the flag because now we're going to have to fight somebody for real. So we run over there to put the fire out. The flag is gone. <laughs> so we're stomping, trying to put the fire out. Here come the media. And you know the camera shot they saw. Our feet stamping an American flag remnants with flames. <laughs> yeah, we could have been in Beirut. We could have been in occupied Palestine. We could have been, we burning the flag. I'm trying to put the fire out. Oh, well, we stomping the flag now. And that's the image that went out. But guess what? That's okay. Within a week, the president of Ohio State and trustees, the whole type administrators at the Black Culture Center, we held them in there for hours with our demands and they gave up all them demands just about. That's why there's a black culture center today at Ohio State that is bigger. That's why you got a lot of more, a lot more black faculty and staff got hired. There's all kind of things that happen in the way, but it got set off when you let those cops go. Oh, we're at the beginning now. You understand? When COVID was in the bullseye and the Floyd trial was going on, Google and, and Hollywood and, and, and all, man, y'all was throwing so much money. <laughs> tearing down statues. I love that statue, but I love my life more than this. Uh, these Negroes gonna kill us. <laughs> Black Lives Matter. Oh shit! <laughs> Give me this. <laughs> then in England, they pulled down the damn statue. Columbus got pulled down. Now they in uh, they in Ghana. Said Gandhi got to go too. You didn't know Gandhi was a white woman. Get that statue off the campus of the. Again, just like watching CNN. 
when the king verdict came back and the stuff started going on around the country, except now it's worldwide. They put George Floyd's face, Breonna Taylor's face on the wall in Accra in the in the in the in the wall of ancestors and heroes and sheroes. And so we understand that it's always threatening to overflow the boundaries. This is what happens when you kill Patrice Lumumba. There's an article in today's Financial Times about the tooth of Patrice Lumumba, if you can believe that. I don't know if I can find it quickly, but they talk about the journey of that tooth, which is crazy because that's all that's left physically of him. And if I can find it quickly, I'll show it to you. Uh, oh, wow. Oh, no, that's the article on America First. And they say, oh, yeah, look at this. Look at this, look at this long article. The 3,000-mile journey of Lumumba's tooth. Long after his murder, the former Congolese leader's tooth turned up in Belgium. It's not just this page. It goes over on this page. The whole Lumumba's tooth, right? That's all that's left of it. When Patrice Lumumba was assassinated, and it would take John Carlos Moore, they went to the UN. Malcolm, everybody, Abby Lincoln, they went to the UN. Why? Well, you Negroes ain't Congolese, no, but we black. And it's more than our skin color. It is our consciousness and culture. And we are together. But guess what? in on it? The Kennedy administration and the Belgians, and the UN. We don't give a damn. Y'all think we waving that flag because we love America? We waving that flag if y'all leave us alone. But damn that flag. You killed Patrice Lumumba. And this is where we draw the line. Understand that black death isn't just about us saying we expect death. We also expect life. And we fight back. That's why you bored and shit up. Because you know it too. So we continue. Science and technology. So social structure, governance structure, ways of knowing. Now science and technology. Science and technology, look at social media. Before Van Jones could craft a response, <laughs> you all went on social media and said, we don't want to hear from, and Professor Hunter, this is what I love about our people. Think these young people. You know, we work with young people. They break our hearts and inspire us in the same breath. I'd be like, oh man, and yet. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, my God. But these, I mean, all the memes in the last 24 hours. We, the us, first of all, they say us, which means that conscious us. We don't want to hear from Van Jones, then CNN, and then you they put a meme on. We don't care what you say, we're gonna do it anyway. I mean, these gifts that they say, what are they saying? We know y'all gonna put Van Jones on TV. We want you to know we don't want to hear from him, and we also know that you don't care whether we want to hear from him. We got this space now. And we've had spaces like this. We've always had spaces like this. But now we're in a different thing. The science and technology, we're using it. The hashtags have already started. Justice for Tyree. Justice for Tyree Nichols. Just, those are just hashtags. Now, we know that they are being surveilled. The FBI's told us that. But okay. We're going to put the hashtag anyway. It's just, a, I mean, come on now. It's, just, it's a small thing, but it's still galvanized. Let's go uh, we wrap up. Cultural meaning making. They're going to be songs. They're going to be videos. They're going to be memes. As I said, whether it be the Snick singers singing about the Battle of the Mega Evers or in the Mississippi River, whether it be Spike Lee opening his film on Malcolm X with the beating of Rodney King with that American flag burning down into an X with Denzel Washington's voice coming over. This is all very complicated. Very complicated. And then look at the newspapers. Look at the newspapers, the black press. It's going to be covered very differently on black websites. At least it should be. If it's not, we got questions for them. I guarantee you, because, you know, I was on Thursday night on Rolling Show, Rolling Martin Unfiltered, and he covered the whole thing. Then they showed the video and walked through it. 
And you saw the viewership jump when we were in the whole pandemic. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people every week with us. Now we're here, thousands and thousands and thousands of people every week. But the world is opening up, so it spreads out a little differently. But meanwhile, Nubian narrative exploding. There will probably be a surge. See, this is the problem with what y'all do to us. Every time you punch us in the face, a few more people are like, hey, hey, that's enough. What can I do? Thank you. Because what you don't understand is you think that somehow we're just going to take an L. We have never taken L's. Any L you think you gave us, we here to tell you we still here. And as Malefi Asante used to say, we're the children of those who could not be killed. Because if we could have been killed, y'all killed us. But you can't kill us. And you won't kill us. Meanwhile, the world continues to change. Nigeria projected by the middle of this century to be the third largest country in the world behind China and India. And China is a big article in today's New York Times, uh, today's uh, Financial Times, where they're talking about the birth uh, rate cratering in China and how these young people is like, we, that don't mean nothing. We ain't going to have babies just because you think the birth rate going to crater. Yeah, the whole world going to change. And American Negroes cutting themselves off, that's a problem. Because every time black death occurs, black people globally should be organizing to rush to the aid of wherever that death occurs. So, again, I remember when uh, this was 1989, when Do the Right Thing came out. I was living in New York, clerking at MSP, legal defense fund. The, the city sun, you could count on the sun. And it's damn news, too. I understand, I understand, Prof, that uh, you treat lead is not well. I just got a message this morning. Uh, I to raise some money to, to help her. I mean, I had to pass on the information to you. I, to, I just reached out to me. But I mean, that city son, Andrew Cooper, you teach lead, uh, Clinton Cox, even Armand White writing <laughs> before he kind of went to the nursery. I mean, man, I got so hooked on the city son. When I moved back to Columbus, I, I, I subscribed. I used to get the city son and Amsterdam News in the mail in Columbus because, you know, black media. Not black <laughs> singing and dancing. No, okay, that's cool. We, we we sing and dance. I'm talking about media like you do five days a week on Sirius XM, Professor Hunter. That means something, especially now. So I felt you a minute ago when we opened. You don't want to do that any more than I do anybody else. But unlike me and everybody else, people tuning in and say, what Karen going to say? You're not going to cut nobody off. Now, you're going to gather somebody need to be gathered, but our common humanity prevents you from now, I'm going to cut you off. We need to hear that because if you're saying it, somebody else thinking it. Mm. That's an honest broker. This is not social structure media. It's governance media, and it's using the science and technology. Okay, finally, cultural meaning-making. Well, as I said, cultural meaning-making. using cultural meaning-making. The last one is movement and memory. That's the genealogy of ancestors. It is. It does, it does me no pleasure to go down to the National Museum of African American History and Culture and see names added to the exhibits. Breonna Taylor should not be in the National Museum of African American Culture. She should be visiting. George Floyd should not be in it. He should be visiting. Emmett Till's casket is there. As Kinshasa used to tell me, I mean, you know, the sister who was in charge of the material culture as it relates to fashion in the National Museum, she hand sewed the black cloth that covers the, uh, the, 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 uh, the, 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 um, I'll call it a podium. Uh, there's a word for it that came in where the casket sits on. She hand sewed that when the family allowed them to have long term loan the cast and it was restored. And when you go in that room, 
all the security guards, almost as if they were trained to do this. And I know it's a cultural thing more than anything else. You come in, they almost like church ushers. You walk in that little room and they stand in there. You get quiet. I take my hat off and sit there and watch people coming on. Mahalia Jackson is playing. That is a sacred. That's a spirit center in that museum. In some ways, it's part of the heart of the museum. But the fact is, movement and memory means something. We call these names, as you call this young brother's name, Tyree Nichols, you call that name because now we got to call his name because we are him. And so there's no justice in this country, but there's punishment. And we expect you to put these cops in jail and whether you do or don't, we're going to do what we're going to do. And it's just kicking the can down the road. There will be a reckoning. And all you got to do to understand there'll be a reckoning is look at the history of the United States of America. Mm -hmm. Every generation, there's a reckoning. And every generation, we get closer to the renegotiation and it's going to be a different thing. So next week, we'll... um. We'll get into Black History Month. I'll have the AP curriculum by then. World will have it, by the way. AP is going to release that African-American studies course to the whole world. So in other words, on the first, when we go down to the museum and sit there with the ritual, that's the day they're going to release it to everybody. So DeSantis, Puffer, we're going to make an example of you next week for the first Saturday of Black History Month. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. I think we, we lost a, um, a person very close to us. Uh, she was an editor of the compass our journal um that is now volume we're in volume four now angie porter is the managing editor these are this is the compass this is the journal of the association for the study of classical african civilizations that's volume one number one that's volume two with the great anderson thompson uh this is volume three with jacob carruthers on the cover with john henry clark the day that clark passed him the elder staff uh, we were all there for that as, as Carruthers turned 65 um these we're bringing back into print because we're preparing volume four and i think we're going to put on the cover of volume four and you can you see you see the theme right red black and green we don't play so now it's time for black we'll put uh deborah johnson who just made transition unexpectedly i was talking to her son minkare uh, the other day deborah johnson was a member of the association for the study of classical african civilizations is she's an ancestor now she made transition at age 65 in buffalo new york quietly in her sleep this sister, Prof, and I'm done for the day. This sister embodies what this work, what we're doing together. She embodies what it looks like. Hmm. She's born and raised in that area. She's not a college professor, not an academic, you know, writing about resistance. Every day of her life, she fought for black people. She's a she's a real student of Africa. She really focused on black women. And what, what Anderson Thompson called the defenders of the African way. Uh, she would take a research assignment and, and, and go through it tooth and nail. She was at the center of the work through the AME Zion Church for preserving and maintaining and expanding the programming of the Harriet Tubman home in Auburn, New York. So every time I've gone to the Auburn, to, to, to Harriet Tubman's house there and the AME Church, uh, Amy Zion Church, because you know, um, Harry Tubman was Amy Zion, they maintain it with the National Park Service. Um, Deb was, and you know, she was the person that would put together those programs, she was at the center of those programs. She was the president of the Eastern Region of ASCAP for some years, uh, a member of the editorial board. And she wrote an article that she submitted for publication that we'll be putting in volume four. Now we're talking about. We're going to pull the editorial team together. And when we do, finally, Prof, uh, we've been talking about this, but I want to 
formalize this because I'm really looking forward to 23. Some things that right behind my teeth that I ain't gonna say, but you know, where we going there. One of the things we want to do is uh probably use narrative and nubia as the in partnership probably with sankofa as the official distributor for the journal because jacob carruthers anderson thompson all the stuff people be writing about and getting university press contracts and interpreting nah we go to the primary documents john henry clark things nobody has seen because they wrote or they spoke and it has been in our archive we've got probably a hundred more of these to do and we'll do it here because we control that yeah, and that's part of uh, the publishing mission. You know, I had yeah. a publishing house for 10 years. Yes. Is reclaiming, building our library, uh, making everything accessible. We already have quite a few in uh, on our bookshelf in Narrative, which is where, it, that's the repository. That's where yes. all of the classes sit, where all of the books, all the resources are in Narrative. So people who are, what's the difference? Well, Narrative is the repository. Nubia is where we gather. Um, yes. And on Monday, Carl uh, Urias and I will be welcoming new people in and doing some, you know, not rules of engagement, but, you know, just kind of yeah. reframing why we're here and, you know, Q&A for people who are still trying to figure out how to navigate this space and what, what their role should be. We're going to have that conversation Monday at noon. Uh, also, for those um, who live someplace, um this should be a rallying cry to control your neighborhood, right? Um, Please. Spaces that you're in to control. So the mayor of Camden, New Jersey, Dana Red, uh, former mayor, she was the mayor from 2010 to 2013 or so. Uh, beyond that, 2010 to 2018, I think she was the mayor. On 2013, uh, she disbanded the police. She sure did. That's she, right. She, she completely... Uh, eliminated and and reimagined the police in Camden. And you know what has happened, Dr. Carson's 2013? Violent crime has been reduced by 42%. Now, Prof, you you from Jersey. And I lived in Philly for almost 20 years. I call Camden Philly. Camden. Camden's Philly to me, but I'm just... No, oh, no, no. Well, it is, except people in Philly don't go to Camden. I mean, that, that's how that's how bad it had gotten, you know what I'm saying? You're like, Camden, man, we ain't messing around in Camden. 42%? 42% reduction in violent crime since they See, disbanded police. So is the question is, what 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 is policing? That's the question. Why do we need it? Yes, ma'am. And, you know, for those who all, if somebody breaks in my car, they are never there preventing it. Wait, tell me, tell me when they prevent people from breaking in your home and breaking in your car. And you know, I'll wait for that answer. What we need is community public service, you know, yeah. people who are going to be there to serve the people in all of the capacities. Mental health is important as well. So policing shouldn't be about uh hemming up bodies and incarceration, it should be about serving and protecting the community. Yeah. And, and that's a different skill set. And I imagine military training uh, probably is not the uh, equipment that we need for our police. We shouldn't need the military and all of the tanks and all of the guns. We need people with a heart who understand that we're uh, in a community with people. And that starts with us actually demanding that of the mayors that we elect and the, and the city councils that we put in, into place. Because it is an anomaly for somebody to to behave outside of the community when there is an actual community. It is, it is not normal. Lorie and I, during this thing, had to just gather somebody up and ban them. Banishment 
uh, is yeah on Twitter. We were on Twitter because uh, somebody she quoted you, and then somebody had the audacity to come in and was like, "That's a wrong way of thinking." And she was like, "I'm literally quoting somebody." You know, you women, it turned into like a a, a thing. And I was like, "Well, that was Dr. Carr who said that." And then right, it's it's so strange. So it's so I, many. I, I was honored to be considered a woman, but you know, I came out in this body. So and I it's mean, beautiful. the fact that you it's even beautiful. think that's an insult, you know what I'm saying? Like, what's wrong with you, man? Yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I think there's more of us who love one another and uh, care about what what happens and the silent majority cannot uh, stay silent. So we got to show up for ourselves and our our children and the future. Uh, And that starts with our community. We all live somewhere. Let's control that. And neighborhood by neighborhood, uh, watch what happens. We're not victims. I'm trying to remember. I remember reading an article in the Times, maybe about three, four years ago, about Camden and that work. So, so what, what, what kind of function, what kind of function, public safety function replaced it? I'm trying to remember. I don't remember public the safety. It's, it's yeah, not, because they were talking about how the people now in the neighborhood. They were, yeah. okay. And you got to be from there. You have to, you know, it's like yeah. the way it should be. Like it's the way it should be. be. These outsiders, you you know, those five officers should have known that brother Tyree. They should have known I'm, I'm him. Not they don't. I, I mean, don't you think? I mean, if you if you're a black cop in Memphis and you came up wherever, I hope none of them went to Tennessee State. But I'm just they all cues. They went somewhere. Don't you think somebody in the neighborhood know them? None of them crazy. Them, them oh, crazy. They know dude. them, but I'm saying he. They should know every young person. No, oh, that's the skateboarding kid. That's the, oh he. Because he wasn't, you know, he wasn't armed. He wasn't doing anything. It was a traffic violation, right? So that should even be a kinship. Like, oh, that's yep. little, that's little brother Tyree. He boy, just, you better come on, man. Your mom, you know, Miss Wells don't play that. What you doing over here, boy? Exactly. <laughs> right. That's right. And the fact that their response to him running away was putting him to death with their and he was running for his life. Yeah. Cause you saw they snatched him out the yeah. car. Yeah, and he was like, "What y'all doing? Way too much." I y'all heard. I was like, "Yes, you are. It's five of you. I'm a little small guy, and y'all are doing way too much." And when he could get away and run, he did because I'd he knew. Too. I mean, they had his hand and all it. I mean, it was contorting him, spraying and that him like. That, Give me your hand before I break it. What What are you talking about, man? <laughs> spraying him like he was a bug, which you right. you, you don't spray roaches like that. That's another human being. Nope. It, all right, I'm, I got to... Um, no, that's okay, because if and when they're convicted, they probably will have to go into solitary or isolation. Because again, what Angie is writing about Port, she got, like we talked about on Monday night in, 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 in Office Hour, she's got an article coming out in Michigan Law Review of Race that's public access. She's going to drop it in Nubia in the next few days. I think it comes out formally the 3rd of February. But she she's coined this term protocol. There's a protocol. Them guys ain't gonna be safe in prison because there's a protocol. <laughs> in other words, I don't care you cold blooded killer. Those are the guys right there, no problem. Bring them in, Jim Pop. Oh man, can we go into isolation? No, uh uh-uh. uh, because y'all killed that boy. <laughs> it's 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 tough. And again, again, just ending with thanking you again and thanking all of us together. But certainly, you you know, you had the, the focus and the temerity to just will it and push it into existence. These aren't conversations we can have in mixed company. Not because people are bad, not because you misunderstand the foundations out of which we have. So when you come in like, well, I don't understand. I mean, there are checks. and No, see, you missed the whole thing. It's something cultural going on here. (laughs) Those guys have forfeited their safety for the rest of their lives. You can't be the police. Forget the police. What you did, 
The worst thing you could do in many of our societies as African people is exile. Them cats been exiled. Now, you did that, you can't come around no more. Mm-mm. I no. feel bad for their mamas. I mean, really, the people, I mean, because you can imagine the, I can hear what Dante's saying, but still, you still got to catch, you got to catch what came, man. That's my eye. You can't stop what's coming. No, no, but I love that we're here and uh, much, and I appreciate all of that, but none of it happens unless people decided to, but it's also the communication to be able to, in fullness, have a conversation with somebody, be challenged, imagine, imagine, like Daniel Black, and I can't stop quoting him, the one thing that they tried to steal was our imagination. But what you do every week is you spark my imagination. I sit here with notes. I sit here with, with, you know, I just can't, I can't. Me too. (laughs) Boom, boom. And I'm like, okay, can we, can we execute that? But it's, it's Mm. the conversation. It's like, oh, that person needs to be erected. Okay. Yeah. But if we don't have these conversations, when does the imagination even take hold to explore all of the things that are possible? And everything is possible. We're sitting in possibility right That's now, right. you and I. Teach. So, everything uh, is possible. Everything I wanna, is want to end with just, oh. just looking at him, you know, uh, and just sitting it for a moment uh, as he transitions. He has transitioned wherever he is in the ancestral realm, you know. We can call on his his verve, his you know, loving the sunset, <laughs> photography out there, riding that skateboard. He is truly free right now. Uh, but he should be here. Uh, there's a picture of him holding up a baby, you know, like Kunta Kente. Uh, and there's just so many. And I want to, you know, thank whoever the parent, you know, the, his parents for putting out the images because you know, uh, Trayvon didn't get this treatment. Neither no. did Tamir Rice, and neither did Eric Garner. You know, it was it was it was the brutality that we we saw, or or the the youthful, you know, uh, resistance and whatever. But we didn't see the joy in those those young people uh, whose lives were snuffed out too soon. So I'm I'm grateful that their their videos and images, and I'm gonna play a video as well. But I want to say, Doc, Dr. Carr, thank you. Uh, we'll see you in office hours on Monday. What are we What are we gonna be studying? Framing question. We're still in framing question. Three, which is uh, practices of self-determination. Uh, Cedric Robinson, Black Movements in America, the first three chapters. Uh, we'll continue in that conversation this week, and then we'll go to framing question four next week as we start Black History Month. So that's where we are for everybody in Nubia, Monday night. The thousands, prof, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed. I really am. And Dan Black, he just had everything. In fact, his new book is coming out, Black on Black. Black, on Black. Yep. Gonna have to, we got to get him. I know you're going to talk to him to the minute. Yes, he'll be back. Pre-tape, pre-order, please, because the first day matters. So go get Black on Black. Black on Black, wherever you get your books, go get Black on Black. Daniel Black, Dr. Daniel Black, because he is feeding us immensely. So when it comes out January 31st, every single pre-order counts towards that first day. Let's put him on the bestsellers list. Put him on the bestsellers list. No question. When you say that, you ain't nothing but a word. You done made a whole lot of bestsellers over the years. People don't know. That's all right. But this picture here, I'm going to be quiet here and listen and sit here with you. You're right. This young, when you're a young ancestor, you know, in many traditions, we say your name and we lift you and we and we build your oriki. We build that praise song to you because you are beginning your journey. So we need to will him like we will Brianna, like we will will them into powerful ancestorhood. He won't be able to fight for us immediately in many traditions until he gets to that side where he's embraced by his ancestors and everybody. Else. So we raise him now to strengthen him as he starts this journey. Amen. So we just say that. Ashe. Ashe. Mm. I say, I say.
Love you, Dr. Carr. Love you, love you, love you, Carr. See you, see you on Monday. Bye, Nubians.